everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the cast. I'm here with Joey and Chandler. And right now we're watching the NBA Finals Game 4, and we're going to be doing a recap on that coming up. But right now we're going to go ahead and get started with the two minutes of fame. And uh, Joey, you want to go ahead? Sure, I'll go. Uh, my two minutes of fame goes to Tyran Matthew, the Honey Badger. Um, <clears throat> we talked about a few weeks ago when Will Smith passed away about you know how, how Matthew's kind of turned his life around a little bit and really kind of grown up. Um, well, whenever all that happened with Will Smith, he got a lot of death threats from people of his hometown in New Orleans, and he he stated then that he would never go back there. Um, for one, fear of his life, and two, just because he felt betrayed by by the people. And then, I guess he had a change of heart and wanted to do something for the children, so he uh, put on a football camp free to the public. Um, had a few guests there, Les Miles and Leonard Fournette were two of the two of the guest coaches. Pretty good. Pretty good guest right. coaches. Good, good cast. Right? Um, he said but, it. He said it. He said the cast. He did. Um, but you know, just just in general, the way the kids matured and and kind of grown up and and looked at things differently, I guess is uh, is pretty impressive. And I, I just wanted to bring it to attention that Matthew's done a done a good thing for for his hometown. Yeah, and that's kind of what these two minutes of fame are all about. If you're new, um, stuff that ESPN doesn't cover. You know, you're not going to see that kind of news on ESPN, but that's something important that we think is worth uh, talking about and you guys hearing. So, Chandler, you want to go ahead? For sure. Yeah. Um, great story there, Joey. I like to, I always like to see a story about a guy that turned his life around and helping out the uh, the less fortunate, I guess you could say. But uh, I will talk about uh, the MLB draft, more specifically um, Florida Gators in the draft since like I mentioned before, we're kind of like a Gator Central cast. We're not biased, but we just we do love our Gators. Um, the first two rounds were held this past couple of days, and Florida had the most picks of any school in the country through the first ten rounds. So uh, I'll just go ahead and read those names out loud and where they got picked, since we can uh, so we can recognize those guys. Um, AJ Puck, who was uh, projected to go first on a lot of boards, ended up going sixth overall. To the Oakland A's, uh, Dane Dunning, another pitcher, went 29th overall to the Nationals, and those are the two first rounders. Uh, there are three second rounders. Logan Shore went 47th overall to the Oakland, so him, him, <coughs> him, him, and Puck both went to Oakland, and then the next pick, Buddy Reed, got taken 48th overall to San Diego. Everybody's second favorite buddy. Second favorite buddy to our own favorite buddy, Buddy Hield. Buddy Hield. Uh, Peter Alonzo, first baseman, went 64th to the Mets. Sean Anderson, pitcher, went 88th to Tyler's Boston Red Sox. Go Sox. A left-hander named Scott Moss went 108th overall to the Reds. And then um, the last Gator taken in the first 10 rounds was Kirby Sneed, another pitcher who went to the Blue Jays. So that's that's almost a starting. I mean, they're not all position players and pitchers, but... That's almost a total nine right there. It's a good showing out for the Gators, for sure. Yeah, like I said, I mean, the, the, the most players taken in the first ten rounds by any school in the country. So it's good to see O'Sullivan and those guys putting out um, guys like that and making their dreams yeah, it definitely start, helps. start to come true. Yeah, it definitely helps with the draft class coming in and getting new guys into the system and getting them going and stuff. So Yeah, and now we can hope that they uh, pull out a college World series title. And not choke like the softball team. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Too soon. All right, now we're going to get into a little bit of NFL action, a little bit of fantasy action, and we're going to talk about the top 10 quarterbacks that Joey and Chan have on their board. So, uh, 
Chaney, want to go ahead and get started, starting with number 10? Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, start it off. These are our projections for this coming up season. Pretty much just based on what we saw last season and what we think is going to happen this season. Um, so we'll, we'll just both start with number 10. And at number 10, I have Phillip Rivers, quarterback for the San Diego Chargers. Um, Keenan Allen's back and healthy. They lost to Darius Green, but then they drafted Hunter Henry, who was um, the best tight end in the class. He's still got Gates. Um, he's got he's got weapons, and he just always seems, no matter who he has, he always seems to put up numbers because Melvin Gordon can't run the ball. I agree. I'll go a little bit further into him in a few minutes. Sure. Um, I, I actually cheated a little bit. I have a three-way at 10. What? Menage yeah. at, at 10 right this now. Is what, see, next, now. Time, next time we do this kind of thing, we need to have rules in place for Joey. That's okay. If My bad. I can say that I'll, I could have a duo at 10, but I didn't rank Tom Brady just because I have no idea how many games are going to play That's, that's part of my three-way. Tom Brady because the uncertainty. So I, if, he may, if he misses four games, I can't put him in my top 10. If he misses two games, then he's probably right at the 10 mark. And if he doesn't miss any games, then obviously he's higher than that. Correct. So he's one of them. And then I have Romo and Eli Manning tied for 10. They both play extremely easy schedule. Well, they play each other 52 times. So Correct. They both play extremely easy schedules. <laughs> yeah, so. That division is just easy period. Yeah, um, I actually have Romo at my number 11. Uh, so he's right there on the cusp. But they still got Dez and they got Terrence Williams. And, and they, they didn't really lose anything. Um, and he always puts up numbers if he stays healthy. And that's and Dez stays healthy too, which are two big question marks yeah the reason i have them tied I, I, a lot of it depends on how sterling shepherd kind of progresses in training right. camp if he turns into what they say he's going to turn into which is a bona fide number two mm-hmm. behind odell mm-hmm. i think manning goes there if he doesn't if he kind of just shows up and looks like a rookie then i think romo goes there and eli drops a little yeah and i actually have um eli up a little bit in our in my board so i'll talk about him later but there's a lot of question marks in the quarterback rankings, um, a lot of healthy issues, a lot of young guy issues, but I mean, that's part of fantasy. So I'll hop into my number nine. Um, speaking of young player issues, um, Blake Bortles is my number nine. Uh, I think he had the most turnovers for a quarterback last year, but then he ended up being a top five fantasy quarterback last year as well. Yeah, I like Bortles. I like the, I like a lot of what he brings to the table, and I like his team around him. Yeah. I think they're doing good things there. Um, I mean, yeah, the supporting cast is is nice, but the supporting cast is also as young as he is. Right. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee, Rashad TJ Green. Yelding, Rashad Green. Yeah. Julius Thomas is still pretty young. Yeah, Thomas, I think, is 26. Him and Bortles actually worked out all offseason all together, so they should have a, a pretty good chemistry and have a good feel for what each other wants. I mean, and it's another year – under Bortles' belt for him to kind of mature and maybe take away some of those um, bad throws and the turn interceptions and just focus on, you know, just throwing A-Rod the ball because he's going to bring it out no matter what. Yeah, I think I think being the second year as a full starter and, and really almost third year because he started, I think, 12 games as a, as a rookie, mm-hmm. um, I think that helps. And I, I, I'm with you. I think he cuts down the turnovers a little bit, and if he does that – and you know, they get to keep the ball for a little bit longer. That defense is... And he's mobile, too. Yeah, and the defense is good enough to get him the ball back enough. So, Yeah, the Judge are going to be a fun team to watch this year. I agree. At number nine, first of all, let me just say that these rankings are very early. Very early. I didn't do all of my research that I normally do with these. 
So the, my real rankings are coming later. It's too early. Don't shake your head. Uh, number nine for me is Carson Palmer just because weapons everywhere. I know he's everywhere. like 62 years old, but. Yeah, the best year last year, didn't you? One of them. Yeah. He's, he's I, I don't see much of a regression coming like, for Palmer. Like him and Larry Fitz, they just get better with time. Yeah. And then you throw in John Brown and Michael, Michael Floyd, Floyd, who's getting better. and Was that J.J. Nelson looked good for a little bit there? Yeah. And then uh, Jerron Brown and mm-hmm. that, David Johnson, Chris Johnson, they got, yeah, Andre Ellington. They got weapons. Weapons for days. So that's my nine. And a good line. Yeah. So I'll hop into my number eight, who you already talked about, Eli Manning. Yep. Uh, like I said, that, like you said, it's got Odell, top three receiver in the game. Um, Victor Cruz back healthy, who can man the slot. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, to to be determined. And then if Sterling Shepard ends up being who they think he is, I they mean, said he absolutely dominated in rookie camp, and then OTAs he's looked really really good. So yeah, and then with the whole thing about Eli is that when Ben McAdoo became the OC and the I think he's a head coach now. Yeah, he is. He really helped him, like quip throws. I mean, any, any, I mean, if you just throw it up to Odell, I mean, that that helps too. I know when McAdoo took over as the OC, he said he wanted Eli to be a 70% passer. Yep. And a lot of that comes from kind of the West Coast, three steps, get it out. Yep. Let your, let your playmakers make plays. I mean, and they got a stable of running backs too, so who knows who's going to be the starter there. I mean, I guess Rashad Jennings right now, but they drafted Paul Perkins. They got – Yeah, I like Perkins too. Andre Williams is back there. He's not really a Vereen's pass still catcher. Vereen's a pass catcher. Yeah. So, I mean, I think – I don't remember where Eli finished up last year, but, I mean, you would not be mad at having him as your quarterback last year at all. Eli finished somewhere between 8 and 10, depending on your league. But True. So that's solid. Odell Syndrome. Eight. You're on number eight. Yeah, you're number eight. I'm number eight. All right. My number eight is Bortles. We've already talked about him, so that's my eight. Okay. Uh, I'll go up to my number seven. It is the quarterback of Who Dat Nation, Drew Brees. That was a really good. That's a, yeah, that's that, a solid was, pick. that was solid. Thank you. Um, I was I was meaning more the way he said that. Thank the you. Pick. Was the a, pick's good. A great delivery because Drew Brees is a great deliverer of passes. To Rambling Brand, enough. Brandon Cooks, <laughs> the new addition of Kobe Fleener, who they finally have a decent tight end, not named Jimmy Graham. Uh, they still got they still got a what's his name? They don't have Colson anymore. No, they have Brendan Coleman. They have they got they drafted Michael Thomas. They drafted Michael Thomas, and they have uh, Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed, who's having another good OTA workout, and everybody says he's doing really well. Yeah, I mean, as Drew Brees is going to pass a lot. He's probably going to get four thousand plus yards, thirty touchdowns. I mean, yeah. he, they still have Spiller. They still have Ingram, and he led the league in passing yards last year. So yeah, you so have to assume his touchdowns are going to go up. And hopefully, they utilize Spiller to his full availability if he's if he's healthy. I actually read that he's he's looked explosive like a whole other person this year as opposed to last year whenever he looked like he was atrocious and slow. So then that, that, that'd be a plus for Breeze and the Saints offense yep. in the hole. So who you got at seven, Joey? I have Phillip Rivers at seven. Okay. Um, a little higher than me. Yeah, it is a little higher than you. And the main reason, because of what he did last year, where he finished you know, top ten, I think he finished nine in my league. Um and he, he lost Keenan Allen early. He really lost everybody he had at one point. He was throwing to, like, me and you for a few minutes. Old man Gates. Yeah. But he uh, they brought in Travis Benjamin, who I think is a very, very, very underrated signing. I agree. Um, so he's, he's going to be him and Stevie Johnson t- combined with Keenan Allen. And like you said, with Henry and 
Gates, Gates still there. Yeah, yeah, Gates man in the tight end position. I uh, I, I like Philip Rivers a lot this year, actually. Yeah, he's a uh, he's my quarterback in our league, and I'm not mad about it. He's also got a uh, Danny Woodhead, and this system is apparently good for him. I can't stand the guy, but would he does what he does. Would you rather have Danny Woodhead or Melvin Gordon? Danny Woodhead. Yeah, I, I go with Danny Woodhead all day. Okay. And uh, for my number six, I have Tyler's favorite quarterback of all time and Joey's least favorite quarterback of all time, Andrew Luck. Right horse. Of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he was banged up pretty much all of last year, had a very down year to his standards. Um, but I think he comes back fully healthy this year. He's got still got T.Y., Philip Dorsett, Dante Moncrief, and with them getting rid of Fleener and not – adding really another tight end. I feel like they're going to put a lot of uh, trust and focus on Dwayne Allen. Who's much better than Fleener. Who's much better than Fleener. And then Frank Gore can catch in the backfield too. And I mean, Luck's going to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game, get 300 yards and however many touchdowns. But the turnovers are what kills him. Um, like Joey has mentioned out numerous times, his completion percentage isn't the best, but completion percentage doesn't matter in fantasy football. It's all about yards and touchdowns. Truth. I'll get into him later. Okay, number six. Six, Drew Brees. Kind of the same as you mentioned earlier. I like his weapons. He led the league in passing yards last year. I feel like he's uh, he's 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 poised for another great year. It wouldn't shock me at all to see him go higher than six, but that's where I have him. Cool. Um, number five, I have a guy you already mentioned, uh, Carson Palmer. And I have him up there just because the same reasons. That offense is loaded. Uh, they very pass happy. Um, I'm not sure with the emergence of David Johnson if they're going to kind of lean on him more. Uh, I don't think they'll quite do that yet since it's going to be only his second year. But um, you got guys like Michael Floyd, Larry Fitz, John Brown, and all those other guys. He's just going to he's going to air it out, and they're going to. I mean, Larry Fitz is going to catch whatever comes near him. John Brown can smoke anybody, and so can Ma- Michael Floyd. Is like just a hybrid of the both. Yeah. Um. So I really like. Uh, Carson Palmer, I had him in one of my leagues last year and just rode him to the end. It was nice. The amazing part about him is they say Daniel Fells, the tight end, has dropped like 40 pounds this offseason. He came in looking looking really good, good, really athletic, big. I mean, he was a basketball player in in high or in college anyway, so mm. he. Uh, they say he's looking really good right now. So if he, you add one more weapon to that, it's a little scary. Cool. Just a little sidebar question. I know this is not a receiver podcast, but if you had to pick a receiver, would you take Michael Floyd or John Brown? That's tough, but I go Floyd just because he's a bigger body. I agree, and he 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 he's he's good. Last year, it'd be John Brown. Yeah, because Floyd was like banged up, but this year I think I would. I think Floyd's gonna have a pretty good year. I agree. Okay, uh, Joey, your number five. My number five. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of this guy actually. I am, but I'm not. It's it's, it's love hate relationship. But Russell Wilson is at five for me. I don't really love his weapons at all. I don't really love the offense that he run they run but he gets a lot of rushing yards and he's a pretty accurate passer mm-hmm. so i mean he he doesn't he nothing really changed from last year to this year other than they don't have marshawn everything else is pretty much the same Lockett, baldwin With, and then not having marshawn might even be a plus for the passing R- game yeah exactly and then they drafted a precise mm-hmm. who they like 12 seconds before they drafted him said that he was their third down back so He's going to get the ball a little bit, and he's he's pretty good in space. So, I like Russ. I like them, yeah, as he, always. 
And he's actually on my number four for all the same reasons. Um, the little stretch of games in the second half that him and Doug Baldwin had was just crazy good. Won me won me a ton of money in FanDuel and won Tyler a lot of fancy football games. Thanks to Doug Baldwin. Did, he was good for 30 just about every week for Coming, for coming out of nowhere. But, yeah, I mean, mobile quarterback, accurate, knows what he's doing, smart guy. Very smart guy. And, like I said, the only person they have lost is Marshawn, and Marshawn was not a passing weapon. Um, yeah. Rawls was probably, is probably going to be a starter. He's a better passing down, uh, pass catcher than Raw, uh, than Lynch ever was. And then, like I said, they, they got pro size who – it's just getting blown up at at their camp. Something like he's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, he started he started as a receiver at Notre Dame, and and really he's only played one year of running back. So yeah. he's obviously got pretty good hands. Be should be a fun team to watch. They might make another little run this year. Again, <laughs> uh, four for me is Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, he losing Bryant hurts, I think. But from everything I've read, Sammy Coach really worked hard this off season and has kind of. Developed into his own little Martavius Bryant situation. Mm-hmm. So you got him on one side, and of course you got uh, the best in the game. Yeah, the best best wide receiver in the game, and Antonio Brown on the other. And you add a healthy Le'Veon Bell. Um, Ladarius Green. Yeah, I was gonna say they signed Ladarius Green, so weapons are still there. Ben's Ben. He's he's gonna be Ben. Yeah, and this is I have him at the number three. So. For all the same reasons, I mean, Antonio Brown, me and you can throw a ball up to Antonio Brown. <laughs> it's going to come down caught, and he's probably going to take it 20 more yards after the catch. He runs such crisp routes. Oh, my goodness, man. He is just a freak. And like I said, it kind of hurts his production, uh, not having Bryant, but Coates, Wheaton, Ladarius Green even. Um, yeah, I didn't even mention Wheaton. Yeah, I mean, they're also there. Le'Veon Bell, even D'Angelo Williams coming in to spell Bell is going to catch ball in the backfield here and there. Yeah. Um. Before Ben got hurt, he was like on a on a tear, and I think he was gonna he was gonna flirt with like five thousand yards. So maybe if he stays healthy this year, we could see some uh, some records broken by him, and maybe even Antonio just keep breaking records. So I mean, if if he didn't have such health issues, I might would have put him up maybe one, uh, maybe even to the top spot. But his health issues kind of concern me, but not enough to keep him out of the top three. Yeah, I only reason he's not in the top three, and you'll see. But I have Cameron Newton at three. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people have him a little higher than that, but like me. Yeah, he uh, obviously Benjamin coming back helps. They say Funchess is looking almost like a receiver, which <laughs> he's never done before. <laughs> um, you know, Cam runs the ball well. He's always going to do that. That's that's kind of his thing. And then you know he's got top two tight end and Greg Olson, so. Nothing nothing really changes except for he gets his best receiver back. Ted Ginn's still there to, to drop deep balls. Yep. So you know. Hey, he, he was he was fantasy relevant there for a few weeks. I mean he really was, but he was open ninety two percent of plays and he probably his his drop rate had to be fifty percent. Well, to each his own. at my number two I have Mr. Discount Double Check, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you get Jordy Nelson. Just get a double check. <laughs> excuse our excuse our producer. <laughs> um, anyways, he gets he he gets Jordy Nelson back, which is going to be a huge help. Uh, they still got Randall Cobb. They uh, picked up Jared Cook, um, who is actually hurt at the moment, but 
if he comes back healthy, he's going to be the best tight end Rodgers ever had, I think. Um, mm, Jermichael Finley was pretty good when healthy. Yeah, but I don't know how good. It, it, if they use Cook like they should use him, then I think he's going to be better than Jermichael Finley. But either, anyways, they got, um, I mean, Rodgers is Rodgers, man. Dude throws dimes, gets tons of yards, tons of touchdowns. And um, I don't know how Eddie Lacy is going to be this year. Apparently he's shedding some pounds and trying to work. He looks better. He does look a lot better. Um, I don't know how they're going to use him. I know not last season, but the season before, he had the little slow. He always had a slow start. But then towards the second half of the season, he was being used a lot out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And it actually looked good. Right. Um, but even if they don't use Lacey as a pass catcher, they got James Starks, who's just as good as a pass catcher. I mean, but... I mean, like I said, Rodgers is Rodgers. I mean, he, he's going to ball no matter what. Yeah, I have him at two as well for all the same reasons. He uh, He's Rodgers. Nothing, nothing's going to change with Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's just that good. He's the best, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback in the game. I agree. And, and, and really, it's not really that close right now. I mean, he put up top top five, top three numbers last year without Jordy Nelson. Right. I think Jordy coming back is obviously huge for him. Mm-hmm. It moves uh, moves Cobb back to kind of his more natural role. Yep, I agree. Um, as a secondary receiver. Uh, Janice and Adams kind of battling for the two-slash-three will be interesting. I don't – Adams is – he was awful last year yeah, at, a, at best. Big question mark. Yeah. Um, Janice came on late, but – there was a reason he wasn't on the field before that. So right. I think that that somewhat depends on how – I mean, whether Rodgers goes one, two, or three. I don't think he drops past three regardless because oh, no. he's just that good. Yeah. And then that leaves my number one being Mr. Dab, Mr. Cameron Newton. And Joey touched on him. I mean, he was he was the best quarterback in fantasy last year without his best receiver. He's back. Kevin Benjamin's back this year. Funches is has a year under his belt, has matured a little bit. Greg Olson, top like Joey said, top two tied in the game, and then Cam, Cam runs the ball, and it's probably I don't, I'm not sure about the stats, but I figure he probably had more rushing touchdowns than Jonathan Stewart. That'd be my guess. So I, mean, really, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean I don't, but I'm just taking a guess. Um, we don't fact check here very often, so I really don't care. I mean, if you want to leave us a comment or a throw us a text message and let us know what the uh, correct stat is on that. I'm just going to go out and say on a limb that Cam Newton had more rushing touchdowns than Jonathan Stewart did. And that's why he's my number one because he is, he is their offense. Every Most of the nine, 90% of the touchdowns come from Cam Newton. Yeah. Obviously, Joey, Joey who's your number one? Obviously, I like Cam. He's my number three. But Joey, who is your number one? My number one is the Andy Luck. You know I don't like him. Right horse. But he does get the job done in fantasy football. Shock, <laughs> shocker. Shocker to the world, Joey. Um, they help him on the offensive line. Definitely. Ryan I, Kelly, huge. Moncrief has another year. Dorsett has another year. They're actually able to get them both on the field this year because Andre Johnson's not on the field. <sighs> just wasting everybody's time. Same with Fleener. Yeah, T.Y. is there. Fleener, listen, you can all you want. Fleener sucks, and he's not going to be worth a damn in uh, in New Orleans. So he's going to be better. Than Josh, he's going to be better than Josh Hill. Well, that's not hard to do. Yeah. Dwayne Allen's a million times the tight end, and that's why they kept him. Uh, Dwayne Allen's going to be a absolute stud this year. Frank Gore is two hundred years, twelve years old, so they can't use him that much. He might not get two hundred carries. So but, that leaves Andrew but Luck. Want, but he wants a thousand yards. 
Right. So do I. Uh, Andrew Luck's going to throw the rock 42 times a game. He's going to throw for 350 a game and have two to three touchdowns. You can't beat that. And but, he's going to run the. And he's going to run for 25, 30 yards a game and maybe a touchdown here and there. I feel like he might have a little chip on his shoulder too after what he, after what happened last season. Yeah, I agree. People talking bad about him, including myself, and I still will. Joey talking bad about Andrew Luck, who's and they put number one. And if you remember back in March, he was hating on Syracuse, and they made it to the Final Four. So if Joey hates on you, chances are you're going to be pretty good. He's one for one. Well, it's, he'll be two for two if LeBron wins. Oh, Steph. He was hanging on Steph Curry, too, so you mean he's, he's going to get I'm, you. I'm going to get you. He's pushing the NBA Finals. So, um, I, I have a question for you, since I'm a Colts fan. What would Andrew Luck have to do for you to say, all right, he's a good quarterback? What was his numbers have to Listen, be? Listen, let's not pretend. What completion percentage does he have to get? That's what I want to know. What, do you have, now, what does he have to get to? Let me clarify. 70, 70 for you, Joey? No, let me clarify. Andrew Luck's a top eight quarterback in the game of football. I wholeheartedly believe that. When I say he sucks, it doesn't mean that I really think that he sucks. It just he just gets too much praise. He just gets too much praise for not being the the in the elite category. So my saying he sucks really means he's pretty damn good, and I just don't like him as much as everybody else. Fair there's enough. Not a, there's no real completion That's percentage. Fair. There's no QBR that he has to have for me to say he's good or great or whatever. I think the the less he turns the ball over, whenever he starts turning over the ball less, yeah. and making just boneheaded decisions, because he's a smart guy, he shouldn't make those those choices, and he does it day in and day out. Every Sunday he does it. So when he stops, when he cuts down on those and starts and stops turning the ball over, excuse me, that's whenever I'll say he's elite. And uh, just for a quick recap, I'll go through mine one through ten real quick. Uh, number one being Cam. Then Rodgers, Big Ben, Russell Wilson, Carson Palmer, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, Blake Bortles, and running out my top 10 was Phillip Rivers. Yeah, my top 10 is 1, Luck, 2, Rodgers, 3, Newton, 4, Big Ben, 5, Wilson, 6 is Drew Brees, 7 is Rivers, 8 is Bortles, 9 is Palmer, and 10 is Mamanage with uh, Romo, Manning, and Brady. Yeah, and don't forget about me. I'm in Brady at 10 either. But yeah, I mean, you got to realize that if Brady's out two games, it affects his fantasy. So I don't know. We'll so see pretty, what happens with that. Pretty, pretty close to being almost alike. I think the only really big difference we have was luck. Yeah. I mean, it, everyone else one, is like, one for me and six for you? Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty big difference. But outside of that, everybody's within two or three. Do you, do you have any sleepers? I do have sleepers. You want to release this to the public or keep it to yourself? Yeah, I'll go ahead and release them. I, I think we're going to go a little bit more in-depth later with all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for right now, I really like RG3. Um, I, I, I don't like his weapons necessarily, but I really I, I like RG3. I think he's going to be good. I, as much as I hate to say this, too, because I think this guy's not very good. He's not a top 16 quarterback in the game, but I think Kirk Cousins has a solid year just because of the weapons. I agree with that. He's got uh, Doxson and... and Deshaun Jackson, B.R. Garcon, uh, Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed, st- a stud, um, and then he's got Matt Jones coming out of the backfield with Chris Thompson with him. He, he's got weapons everywhere, and Doxson's going to be rookie of the year. You think so? Hundred percent. Okay, no question. mark that one down on the books. And then the last sleeper I have is uh, Colin Kaepernick. Ooh, I yeah. like that. I think he wins the job, and then if he does, uh, in Chip's offense, I don't think he runs it a whole heck of a lot, but. Uh, I, I think Chip kind of hones him in a little bit and, and helps him understand the game. 
I like that. Um, just to name a few that you didn't name. Uh, I I wrote down Tyrod Taylor, but that kind of depends on what the, what the deal is with Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I've seen him really going like eleven to fourteen. And I, I think that's kind of his max. I don't think he can go any any anything before that. I don't think he's a top ten quarterback. Yeah, I mean he, he had a pretty pretty good fantasy season last year. Another mobile guy that can run it. Um, Matt Ryan is not really a sleeper. He's just really underrated to me sometimes. And he's got, I mean, he, he's got Julio Jones. I mean, the best receiver in the game in my book, beside behind Antonio Brown. And I mean, he's he's just a, he's a consistent quarterback that doesn't put up the huge numbers. Yeah, they signed Sanu, who I mean, he's an athletic guy, and then mm-hmm. they still have Justin Hardy, who's a mm-hmm. second year guy, who yeah. I still think is should be their number two with Sanu playing kind of playing the slot role right I agree so I mean I mean I'm with you I think Matt Ryan can be I mean he could be top 10 easy and then uh one more name I'll drop is uh James Winston I know that you're under his belt and I mean talk about I mean every player he throws to is six five or taller um yeah I know Jackson and Evans aren't like the best receivers in the game but I think Evans has really worked hard this offseason. That's what all the, the Tampa beat writers say. He's he's been there and kind of worked on his on his route running and gotten a little better with with everything. Did y'all see Safarian Jenkins' Twitter account the other night? No. Apparently, he got kicked out of practice. Then tweeted, "Time to move on" with forty three exclamation marks. Then probably got liquored up and started talking about everybody on Twitter's mother. Not a good look. No, wow, it, was, it was really bad. It was. I didn't see that, but I know like everything I'm reading was like about Kurt Cutter loving the tight end, yeah, and then wanting to use Safarian Jenkins and Safarian Jenkins having another year under his belt with Jameis. But I don't know what's gonna happen about yeah, that. They, I, like I, I said, it, Kurt Cutter's the one that kicked him out of practice, and uh, afterwards just said, you know, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. So hmm. I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on. But I like Jameis as well. Interesting. So that's our uh, quarterback wrap up. Um, you guys want to talk about NHL for a, a quick minute? Yeah, I do. I'll let you guys have the floor. All right. Uh, NHL Finals has been I, – I, I tweeted at JH23. I tweeted uh, it's been an, an unknown number better than the NBA Finals. Everything's yeah, really been very been. good. It's been hard-hitting. It's been fast. It's been explosive. Debatable. Um, it, great series. Yeah, it really has been. I mean, I think Pittsburgh is really – They've dominated the series, but the Sharks are hanging tight. What's the uh, what's the series at? It's three two. Going back to San Jose for Game Six. Three two. Who? Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Ooh. Um, going yeah, Pittsburgh back. got up to a three one lead at yeah. one point. So San Jose just won in Pittsburgh. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. Pittsburgh's dominated the whole series. I think it's been a, really about even. Um. I think it comes down to Martin Jones is an infinitely better goalie i mean i'm looking at the stats right now and last game pittsburgh got off 46 shots yeah and san jose only got off 22 uh san jose will dominate an entire period get seven shots and pittsburgh will still throw up 14 somehow yeah but yeah. they controlled the puck for 16 minutes of the, of the 20 and those other four are just rocket balls at jones that he <laughs> that he he stops. somehow he's yeah. been unbelievable the whole series i mean like you said he, he faced 46 shots yeah, that's, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. And he stopped forty-four of them. Yeah, and the only goals that the goal, one of the goals was a turnover from San Jose in San Jose territory, and it really 
shouldn't have happened. It was it was really dumb. Yeah. The guy was trying to pass it, um, trying to get it back in their offensive territory, but he well, kind of got caught off guard because I mean it was a boneheaded play. Right. With that said, Pittsburgh's defense has been really good. I was talking to uh, I don't remember who I was talking to to be honest with you, but when you, when you watch Tampa Bay all year long, you saw their offense and they were spaced out. They were they were fluid, crisp passes always. Against Pittsburgh, they weren't like that. Same with San Jose. San Jose has, has been really good throughout the, the Western Conference uh, playoffs. They get to Pittsburgh. Their offense looks insufficient. They look like they, they don't know where they're supposed to be. Yeah, they, re- they really are having a hard time keeping possession of the puck. And so Pittsburgh's defense, you got to give credit to them. They've been really, really dominant. And Phil Kessel's been so good again. Yeah, I think you said it last podcast that he's – the best player on that team. Yeah, over Sidney Crosby. Man, they give him so much love. Sidney's good. He's, he's he's good. He's very good, but I'm telling you, Kessel is Kessel's special. Yeah. So when is game six? That would be Sunday. Sunday night. Yeah. I'm excited about game six. I think it's going to be good. San Jose at home, I think, gets another one, forces a game seven back to Pittsburgh. And if you don't watch that, just stop listening to this podcast because it's going to be incredible. I, I might have to watch Game 7 if it goes to Game 7. We should watch it at somebody's house. Rabble. Negative. No way. <laughs> Never again. I would not be good rabbling a hockey game. I'd be quiet the whole time. Yeah, I, I think Game 6 is going to be really good. I agree with you. I think Sharks take it at home and force Game 7 and hopefully win because that's what I called. I think Sharks and 7. That'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. would be pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, now we're going to talk about the NBA Finals, Games 1 through 3. And, uh, guys, you want to go ahead and give us your take on that? Yeah, the reason we're not talking about four is because it's going on right now and Chance got to go, so we're going to do this quick. <laughs> uh, I got family stuff, man. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. Um, one through three has been extremely disappointing to me. Stupid. It, it's been awful. No games have been close, and, and there really hasn't been a whole lot of good basketball played. This game going on right now is the closest game we've had. Yeah. Um, LeBron really, really, really hurt my feelings in games one and two. I <laughs> uh, really – it just—he's so passive, and I don't know why. He's same—is same for this game right now. I, yeah, he's been the, the passive dude, in game. The the guy can two. the guy can blow by any player in the league, yet he drives, gets in the paint, and kicks it out. Too much. To whoever. It doesn't matter who. Just anybody. Just get the ball out of his hands. That's yeah. what he does. And so he's he's been, and he's still he's still the best player on the planet. Yep. And it's not close. Unfortunately, that's what's so frustrating. Um, so he that you know LeBron's LeBron. He's he's been the same for a while now. Kyrie is baby Carmelo to me. He, he's a ball stopper. <laughs> I've never heard that. I like that. Yeah, they, I'm telling you, he's a ball stopper. Anytime the offense is rolling smooth when he when he's not in the game, he comes back in. The offense doesn't roll smooth anymore. He, I mean, he stop he stops the ball too much. In game three, he was the offense there for about half a game. He can be. He can take over games. Oh yeah. I, I'm not saying he can't. He he cannot miss in game three. But he he just doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't do it for me. I'm not a big fan of Kyrie. Obviously, he's a great player, but he takes too many bad shots. And he makes some of them, but he misses a lot as well. So, One of the things that uh, popped out to me the most was Game 3, the Cavs won, was, was their first win, and that was with no Kevin Love. And that lineup, when Richard no Kevin Jefferson Love. Richard Jefferson has been great. That lineup looked great. Richard Jefferson has been great. Which is crazy because he's like 35. Yeah. But he looks like he's 25 again. He, 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 he dunked ring. on somebody the other night. And he I was wants like, a oh ring. God. It was, he's been very impressive. He's been their, their, honestly, probably their best player, but we'll call him their second best player behind LeBron. 
It's, it's like both teams, like the old guys, are having the better finals than some of the younger guys. I mean, Higodala is just like a finals monster. I mean, if, if he gets to the finals, he's just gonna he goes to another level. That's what he does. Yeah. He's so good on defense. I mean, His Steph, hands are so good. Steph and Clay aren't playing anywhere near good. No way. Draymond had a good game too, but other than that, one and three, he was. Can I mean, we talk about Steph for a minute? Of course we can, Joey. Yeah. Go can ahead. We, can we talk about how he's been atrocious through three, four? Might as well call it four because he's not been very good this game either. He's doing pretty good this game. Can we talk about how he was atrocious through three games? Go ahead, sir. He's been atrocious through three games. <laughs> but it's okay not, because it's Steph Curry. Why is it okay for Steph Curry to suck but not okay for other people to suck? He's got the Andrew Luck treatment. The, if LeBron went two, two of 13 from the field – and scored four points in a game, what would happen? Twitter would blow up. Facebook would blow up. ESPN would blow up. Mm-hmm. But he's the best in the world, right? Best but, in the game right now. But he's not the most loved. Best in the game. He's not the most loved. Huh? I'm just telling you. If LeBron did what, what Steph Curry has done, he would, be, he, he would probably be kicked out of life. If, if Steph Curry did what Steph Curry has done these past three games and not play like we we are used to seeing Steph Curry, which is hitting threes and doing what he does, driving, kicking out, making layups, doing whatever Steph Curry does. He's a magic he's a magician sometimes. Um and they hadn't and they didn't go up two one, I think it'd be a different story. But they won the first two games very Without him. With without him and without Clay. And they won him pretty pretty big. Clay's averaging twelve points a game through three games. Yeah, which is not good. Not good not at, all. at all. And that first game, their highest score was Sean Livingston. And the the uh, the lineup they had out there with like the bench was pretty much the best lineup they had. It's John mm-hmm. Livingston, Barbosa, mm-hmm. and Mo Spates, and all those guys were just out there balling. Which yeah, Livingston was eight for ten. He he would cut across the lane, get to the. Get to the free throw line and just take a little pull up jumper, and it was money. He's been money. every time. Yeah, he's been money at that for the last two years. It's and it, it's always crazy to see him out out, out there because I don't know if uh, our listeners were watching NBA or remember what happened to him when he first came to the league, but that was probably one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it and took I've, him a long time to get over that. Yeah, and I, I've I've been part of a gruesome injury, so I, I know. What it feels like, but yeah. my but my injury was nowhere close to being like that. It was it was very mm. rough. You know, but, he he was supposed to be like the next great point guard. Yeah, and then like you didn't hear much of him at all for five <laughs> six years. After he went that. overseas for a little bit. Yeah, and then he came back and he, it was with everybody. He he was he, played he, for he like eight Nets. different teams. Yeah, he 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 had the mini fro going for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, he's he found his spot because yeah, I'm glad I'm glad he finally found him a home because he he seems like a good enough guy. I know um, during that game, our boy Doc Randolph tweeted out that uh, that he he probably be a starting point guard for about 20 teams in the league if he wasn't on, on the Warriors, and that's probably about right. I could see that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, back to Steph, his shooting is definitely um, off point. But what I was telling Joey when we were arguing about this in our group chat was that. Um, there's other things that Steph brings to the table besides his shooting. I mean, like any other point guard, he's above average in creating um, and assisting, and he does get his rebounds, but every time he's on the court, he has at least two pair of eyes on him. 
And when he makes a cut, he's got at least two guys following him. And when those two guys follow him, that means someone's open. And whoever has the ball is usually pretty is smart enough to kick the ball to the open guy. And that, I mean, lately hasn't been good enough for, uh, for Golden State because they haven't been making a lot of shots. But that's what makes Golden State so great. Their GM has done a phenomenal job of assembling talent. And it took them a little while to get to where they're at right now. Because, I mean, this isn't a bunch of free agents that came in. Oh, no. They, I mean, they, they, these are drafted guys. Barnes, Green, Curry, Clay. Four, four of the starting five are drafted players, and then Bogut was a free yeah. agent signing, yeah. who, who wasn't a big signing at all. At the time. Because, I mean, a former number one pick, but he's never played like a number one pick. Mm-mm. So, I mean, you gotta you got to give the GM and, and the, the talent observers a lot of credit for what they have going because like you said they're, they're very unselfish very very unselfish and it's not a one man show so when Curry's not playing very well like he has been through one through three they got other guys that can step up yeah I mean the, this game uh, game four is almost done we got 242 left in the fourth Golden State's up by 10 and LeBron and Draymond just about got into it which have been awesome to see but so uh, if it goes like it's going, looks like uh, Golden State's gonna be up three-one. Game seven will be on uh, on Monday. Or, I mean, not game seven. Game six. six. Game six will be on Monday. Uh, five. Game five. Game five. Game five. Whoa, what's going on? Yeah, game five. <laughs> game five will be on Monday uh, at Golden State with a chance for Golden State to clinch it at home for the back-to-back championship. So I mean. We'll see what happens. I mean, this game is not out of reach by any means. Does LeBron's legacy take a hit if they lose again in the finals? Uh, I mean, LeBron's going to be the best player probably ever to play the game once it's all said and done. Um, Be behind Michael. Behind Michael. Come on now. I'm not that stupid. Um, If he loses, I think either he goes or he brings in. Love's gone no matter what. I, I, I don't think they I need any more superstars. They need depth. I was listening to uh, my favorite podcast, Bill Simmons' podcast, and he was talking about that I think LeBron is uh, getting to that point in his NBA career where he's getting like in – he's probably got about, what do you think, six, six years left? Yeah. And I think there's a, a few years there where he wants to be on a team with his boys. Like he wants a team where it's him, D-Wade – Mello, Chris Paul. That team won't win. Joe, I mean, who knows? That team won't win. <laughs> Joe, he said Carmelo Anthony. Joe, Joe would say that team won't Joe win. Joe Johnson. That team won't win. <laughs> but that team's got one winner on it. His name's Dwayne Wade, and he's 49. I, I don't understand why LeBron left Miami when he did. To go back home. Whatever. I would have never played for Dan Gilbert again. Stay, stay in Miami till D Wade retires, and then you be. I mean, you be. I mean, he was already coming close to being the face of Miami, but D, you, you can't take that chair away from D Wade. But then he takes over that Miami team, and then just think if they had D Wade, if they had LeBron on that team still, they'd be in the finals. Pretty much any team LeBron goes to is yeah. going to be in the finals. So you put LeBron on Philadelphia, he's going to be in the finals. I think they're contending for the finals. Yeah, you think so. I do. Okay. 
I, I, he's he's he, the best player in the game. He's that player. Yeah. So like you go back to ninety six and put MJ on the worst team in the league and the same same thing. Yep. Except they win the championship because they have MJ. Ooh. Oh, shots fired. Like it. I like it. Not some wannabe who wears just wears twenty three. Mm. No, that's for twenty three. Back to back shots. Draymond Green. Yeah. LeBron should go back to wearing number six. Chris Martinez said that. <laughs> what up, Martinez? But yeah, so we'll be back with another episode recapping probably uh, the whole finals. And NBA, the Stanley Cup. NBA and NHL. And then I think maybe this next one we'll have our top ten running backs. That, that That's to be determined. We'll, uh, Most likely top ten running backs. We'll uh, let you guys know when we pop back up next and, week sometime. Uh, the next spot, I'm probably going to destroy LeBron James. Me too. And I'm, I'm going to show you why Steph Curry. It's not bad because he's going to be dropping like 30 these next two games. And they win in five. All right. Well, if you guys would be so kind as to follow us on the social medias, we're at the cast pod. And we are at Chan Man Two Ends with the number eight at Jedge23. Speaking of number 23. Hey. Joey should go back to wearing whatever number, number 14. Yeah. Anyways, go follow us on our social media accounts. Peace.